Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you've just found me, I'm glad you did. And if you're returning, I'm glad you found value and came back. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the dreaded silent treatment, and it happens too frequently. Men do it. Women do it. It's out there. It's happening. It makes you feel alone and marginalized and isolated, and that's the point. So we're going to go deeply into the subject tonight of the dreaded silent treatment. What's up? Why? And how is it best to respond? because it's not as intuitive as we might think. So, so many things to talk about tonight. I'm glad you're here. If you're finding value from the podcast, please become a supporter. Go to patreon.com slash save your sanity. Patreon.com slash save your sanity. You can pledge a dollar, five dollars, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever it is that you feel moved to offer. Um, and I appreciate that because it helps to defray the costs of podcasting. So let's move on and let's talk about this dreaded silent treatment. Because I know if you're watching this or listening to this, you have some experience with it. <laughs> and it's not pleasant experience that you've had, I know for sure. So one thing I know about hijackals, those toxic people that I talk about, and remember, I trademarked the term hijackals so that we wouldn't be using clinical mental health terms. Um, that makes it so easy to talk about patterns, traits, cycles, and behaviors. And so we just talk about hijackals and their behavior or hijackal behavior. And then we stay out of the muddy waters of diagnosis too. So important. So one thing I know about these hijackal folks is when they can't, when they walk. And they walk. One of the ways that they do that is the silent treatment. I'm out of here. They may be physically sitting on the couch, but they are out of here mentally and emotionally. And it's awful. And why do they do it? Because it's all about power. We're going to go into that more deeply. But they must find a way to have power over you. They must find a way to win. And they have a whole lot of those ways, as I'm sure you've experienced. If you've been raised by one or in relationship with one or have a sibling who's one or an adult child who is one or married one, all of these things become really important to understand so that you can better cope with the situation, know how to deal with it. And if at any time you want my help to do that and you're a new client, you can use beaclient.com and use my one-time new client one-hour offer right there for only $97. We can talk. We can talk about what's going on at beaclient.com. 
So it's all about power. And sometimes the power is rage. That's the way they express it. And sometimes they express it with silence, the dreaded silent treatment. And why do they do this? Well, they want to avoid listening to you. (laughs) They don't want to hear your concerns. What do you mean I have to listen to you? I'm only interested in what I am doing. I'm not interested in you. So they avoid hearing your concerns. They avoid hearing your requests. They avoid hearing your preferences. They avoid hearing your perceptions. And they avoid hearing your requests for change. And that's certainly number one. They're not interested in that because there's no power in that. So another reason that they use the silent treatment is to avoid having to respond to you. You know, basically they're going, all right, you just talk and I I am going to tune you out. I'm going to tune you out to the place where I don't even respond as though there's another human in the room. Have you had that experience? It's, it's a sad experience but we're going to have some really clear things to do before this podcast is over. So certainly stay tuned. You want to be emerging empowered, always that. And you know, that's the name of my new program and my community that's starting very soon. So we always want to have strategies and mindset to be emerging empowered. So the silent treatment is to avoid hearing you. It's to avoid having to respond to you because they don't want to. They just don't want to. They don't know how. They have no grounds to respond to you. Um, Maybe they want to entertain the past. That They they don't want to entertain the past where they may have made mistakes. They don't want to be reminded of that. And so they also do it to establish that they're upset and they don't want to explain it. So you're supposed to understand by the silent treatment that they are they are upset and that somehow it's your fault that they're upset. And also they're going to withhold the opportunity to do anything about that upset (laughs) by refusing to talk to you and refusing to listen to you. And that's when you really realize this brick wall, this heavy cloud of silence has descended and you can't get anywhere. You can't see where you're going. You can't get through it. And you are left feeling alone. You are left feeling marginalized and isolated, as I said. And then you begin to have some anxiety perhaps come up and they're counting on that. They are counting on you having anxiety come up because another reason they do the silent treatment is they want to punish you. They want to let you know that you don't They don't care about you. They don't have any concern for you. They aren't interested in you. They want to tell you, you don't matter right now. In fact, what they're really saying is, you're no use to me right now. Remember, never confuse love with someone having uses for you. And hijackers don't have a lot of love to give. Very, very, very little, if any. Because they are so shame-based, they are in such a power-hungry status in life that they don't, they don't want to give you anything, but they do have uses for you. I know it's so sad to think that you're with somebody that you really thought loved you, but they are really behaving in ways that seem to indicate that they're using you. And the silent treatment is one of those ways. And it can be very abusive. And sometimes we don't want to acknowledge that it is abusive. We feel like it's not fair 
you know, like in last week's podcast, when I talked about the hijackles warped sense, warped sense of fair, equal, and just, well, certainly the silent treatment feels very unfair. And that's just the way they want it to feel. That's just what they want you to get from it. I'm in charge. You don't matter. I make the rules. You follow them or I don't speak to you. And even if you do follow them, I may not speak to you. You know that they will intermittently reinforce you so that sometimes they will do what it is that interests them and actually be sufficiently centered in order to give you the time of day, but other times not. They just don't care. Like you you almost don't exist because they need the power more than the connection. And so that shows up and that, that's what makes you feel so badly when you get the silent treatment often. Because let me in, let me in. I'm in this too. Let's let's have some equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. You will never have that with a hijackal. That's off the menu. It will not happen. But they will be abusive. And I know, you know, I've done many episodes where we've acknowledged that it's difficult to call someone abusive. It's difficult to believe you're in an abusive relationship. But let me give you a few ideas that go along with the silent treatment in relationship and how it's abusive. Um, it's when they, they intend to hurt you with their silence. That's abusive because they intend to hurt you. They intend to disempower you. So they really don't have your best interest at heart. They have no intention of demonstrating love or caring or anything to do with building trust. They simply don't care enough. So their intention is abusive when they decide they want to hurt you with their silence. Can you take that in as abusive? I hope so. I mean, none of us wants to think we're abused. But when we actually wake up and smell the herbal tea and realize these things are abusive, then we can get a little energy behind it and say, I refuse to be abused. And that's so important to do. So that's why it's important to be able to call it what it is. So how else is a silent treatment abusive? Well, if it lasts for very long, I was giving a class, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago uh, in communication and conflict management. And we got to the place of the silent treatment and a young man put up his hand and he said, I just have one question. How long is it usual for the silent treatment to last? Now, I knew that young man and I knew the difficulty he was having. And I said, how long doesn't she speak to you for? And he said, well, usually the minimum is six weeks. That's abusive. Now, I realized that she didn't intend to be abusive. I know the story of that relationship. She just didn't know how to bring up anything to him. And so he just felt everything was fine. And then she'd go quiet and he didn't understand. So it wasn't in that case um, intended to be abusive. It was a different dynamic. But if there is extended periods of time of the silent treatment, that is abusive. And you must take note of that because someone is basically telling you, you don't deserve to draw breath and take up space in my life, in this relationship, in this room, in this moment. And nobody has the right to tell you that. 
You absolutely do deserve to take up space and draw breath. You absolutely do have the right to say what you think, feel, need, and want. So it's abusive when someone shuts you out for long periods of time. Another way that it's abusive is they decide when the silence ends. It doesn't matter what you do, they decide. And so they are in charge and taking charge of the relationship, even though that wasn't by agreement at all. And that becomes abusive because it's power over another person with the intent to hurt. So there it is again. And what else happens? Well, what if they talk to other people in the house, but they refuse to talk to you? Right? That's abusive. You know, haven't you been in one of those situations where there is a silent treatment going on and and one partner says to the other, you know, tell your mother or father this as though you're not there? That's abusive. It's also abusive to the child because that's inappropriate behavior for them to be asked to engage in. So that's really important. And they'll also seek alliances from other people. You know, I have a right to cut this person out. I have a right to perpetrate the silent treatment on them because I can, or I think they're wrong. And the technique that they're choosing, the silent treatment, is abusive. And it is unnecessary. And it is non-inclusive. And therefore, we're never going to get to those three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship that by now everybody who's listening to me can chant them with me. Equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. There won't be any when you're in a relationship with a hijackal. It is just by definition not going to happen. But it is abusive when the silent treatment's engaged and then they seek other people to ally with against you or ally with to shore up their decision not to talk to you and to validate them for being right and righteous not to talk to you. And it also is abusive when they use silence to blame their partner and make them feel guilty. Because this whole silent treatment thing is often about getting you to beg and plead and apologize for things you didn't do in order to be noticed, in order to be seen by the hijack call. Now, when I put it in those terms, you see clearly how nasty that is. I know you feel how nasty it is, but think how how it looks. There's just a whole wrong thing about this, that it is so non-inclusive and it is to make you feel guilty so that you will be jumping up and down saying, what can I do? What can I do? What do I need to say? How can I make you talk to me? And you don't love somebody that you put in that position. And definitely putting them in that position does not demonstrate anything like love. So we have to notice it is not love. It is manipulation. It is not love at all. And if you find yourself anxious and wanting to do whatever it is to get them to talk to you, then you're going to enjoy learning how to respond in better ways just a little bit later in the broadcast. So the last way that it's abusive is they're silent in order to improve you or pressure you to change. 
Like, I will deign to talk to you when you do what I want you to do. And then you know that there is this other piece that comes into play there. That when you do exactly what they want you to do, they don't care because they've moved the marker and they want you to do something else. Very difficult to be validated at any moment by a hijackal, except when they really, really want something from you. And then all of a sudden, they're all sweet and nice for a hot minute until they get what they want. But you are hooked into, oh, good, you know, they like me, they like me, they're go- maybe they're going to turn a corner. You're just hooked into that hope. And I've, I've spoken about that so often, so go back and refer to other episodes. But this silent treatment has so many dynamics to it, as you can tell, and it becomes so imperative for us to understand the abusive nature of this. If we don't have the skills to communicate or to manage conflict, we may engage in the silent treatment, like the wife of that young man in my seminar, because she just didn't know what to do. The only way she knew to get his attention or to let him know that she was upset was to stop speaking. He was not abusive. She was not abusive. They were just fearful and young and without skills. So it becomes important to shore up your skills and your strategies, just as we're doing tonight, to know what to do about it. Because people who engage in the silent treatment will engage in other kinds of emotional abuse. And it's really important to monitor their activities, see exactly what's going on, observe it for what it is. Don't make excuses or rationalize or or, um, justify Or, as you know, in my definition of enabling, make the consequences go away for the poor choices of others. It's a poor choice for this person to fall silent on you and then treat you as though you're the problem when they are actually being the problem. So we want to be very, very clear about that. So I hope you have a clear idea now about what this is all about what's really going on in the silent treatment. Maybe I added a few things into the mix for you to think about because it is it's important. And if you if you want to know where to look for um, memes and graphics that you might share in groups that you belong to to help other people understand these things, you can go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash hijackles. And I put all kinds of things there for you to share. Also for you to learn from, of course, but all for you to share, because I know many of you may be in groups on Facebook and all where you're talking about narcissistic abuse or toxic relationships. And it's nice to be able to have something to contribute. So go to facebook.com slash hijackles and I have it all there for you. So here we are. We've determined what this dreaded silent treatment is about, what's up, why they do it. So now let's move into the very important part, the empowering part of how do you respond? So the first thing I'm going to do is tell you what not to do, okay? Because you may have gotten into some habits with some hope that it was going to work for you, and these things will not work for you. So what not to do? Don't respond with blame. Don't respond with anger. Don't respond with shame. Don't don't do any of those things. I know it's hard because you are so upset, you are angry, and you you want to blame them for not talking to you. But when you do that, you give them power. 
So all that you can say, rather than responding with blame, anger, or shame, is to explain how their behavior affects you. And I'm going to talk about that in the what to do in a moment. What not to do? Don't beg them to talk to you. Don't plead with them to talk to you. Don't tell them how much you miss them, want them, how, you know, what can I do? What can I do? Do not take a stance that makes you less than them because that's what they want. And that, if you do it, will continue to create inequity and that will deteriorate the relationship further. And there will be more abuse. So you don't want to be doing that. So don't beg them to talk to you or plead with them to talk to you or make promises if they'll talk to you because that's just feeding their power-hungry selves. Another thing not to do is to apologize for things that you you didn't do. Now, sure, absolutely. If you did something and you know clearly what it is, apologize because that's modeling the behavior you'd like to see from them. Own that behavior. Absolutely. But what happens is that people who perpetrate the silent treatment want you to try and figure out why they're not talking to you. And they then start demanding that you apologize for things that you didn't do. In fact, that's probably one of the reasons that they fell silent, because you wouldn't apologize for something that they said you did that you didn't do, right? (laughs) So what not to do? Don't apologize for something you did not do because that changes that balance again and it's not good. And don't push it by trying to reason with them. They are not in a state, in a mental, emotional, physical state to be reasoned with. They are behaving unreasonably by doing the silent treatment. So when you come along and want to carefully lay out why it is important for them to be speaking to you, You just, again, fall into the trap, that hijackal trap, and you give them power, which is what they wanted. Now, here's a big one not to do. I know, you know, summing this up, but do your best to not take the silent treatment personally. It's about them. It's not about you. And as soon as you begin to make that separation, Oh, things get a whole lot better. You can breathe. You can expand. You can take up more space. And this is important, absolutely important to do. So as I said, I know it's difficult because it feels personal. But if you can bring yourself to say, whatever reason you have, this is you're saying it in your head, whatever reason you have for not speaking to me has nothing to do with me. It's your choice. It's your perception. It's your bid for power. And I am not going to take it personally. And the last thing not to do is to threaten to leave unless you're going to. Because as I've said many times, when you put out a boundary, it needs to be non-negotiable. It can't be a threat. You don't threaten with your boundaries. They have to be real. And they won't be real if you if you threaten to leave if they don't talk to you and then they they don't talk to you and you don't leave <laughs> so you're teaching them that your word is not accurate so don't be doing that so let's talk about the what to do's now here's where the power comes 
first of all, name what's going on. Just because they're being all silent over there doesn't mean you can't speak. So say something about them. And I, I wrote an example for you. You might say, I notice you're not responding to me. And I'd like to resolve this. And I'd like to know why you're not speaking to me. That's you using the personal weather report. And it allows you to say, here's what's going on for me. I'm noticing this actual fact. You're not speaking to me. I'd like to resolve it. And I'd like to understand why there is silence. So you're only speaking about yourself. Remember the personal weather report that you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, and want as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. And I have a chapter in my book, Kaizen for Couples, two chapters actually, that are all about that. So if that interests you, you'd like to be better skilled, go to kaizenforcouples.com, K-A-I-Z-E-N for couples.com. And you can learn about the personal weather report there. So first of all, respond by naming it and speaking about them. You know, you're speaking about yourself, but you're, you're addressing their behavior. So I notice you're not responding to me. Duh. <laughs> but everybody knew that. But you're giving it a voice. And then you say, I'd like to respond to resolve this issue. And I'd like to know why the silence. Or name it about yourself and say, when I'm feeling shut out, I feel frustrated and uncertain and alone. I'd like to know what the issue is. So again, you're using the personal weather report. Here's what's going on for me over here. I'm feeling frustrated and uncertain and alone. Yes, yes, that's what they want you to feel. But you are emerging empowered. You are going to give some voice to what's going on within you, whether they care or not. And this is an important step in rebuilding yourself, rebuilding that strength to be emerging empowered. So two ways to name what's going on. That's absolutely a good thing to do. And then the second is to refuse to engage in the whole game of the silent treatment, because that's really what it is. It's a game of dare and bluff. You know, if I can get you to do what I want you to do, and then I can pretend that I'm going to withhold everything from you until you do what I want you to do, then you respond and engage with that. Hmm only goes sideways and downhill from there. You may have tried that before and it didn't work well. It doesn't work well. So second big thing after name it is to refuse to engage because the silent treatment is a form of passive aggression and they use it to control you. And they, they don't want, they want you to make the first move they want you to beg. They want you to plead. They want you to apologize even when you did nothing wrong because they think they are so important that you should want to have them speak to you. I think that that's a kind of faulty thinking. And if you can get yourself twisted back to the right position about that, then I don't want to play, right? Why would I want to play? It's your game. You make the rules. You are withholding. You are trying to have power over me. 
not a game I want to play. I refuse to engage. And when you do that, you just sit neutrally, you go about your business, you do whatever needs to be done. Maybe you go and see a friend. Maybe you have children and you engage with the children about anything except what's happening with the silent partner. And then that refusal to engage eventually wears it down. Yes, they'll get angry. Yes, they'll rage. Yes, they may leave, but that's okay. You need to be taking up space, drawing breath, knowing you have the right to do that. Just because they've got their knickers in a twist doesn't mean you have to. So that's a powerful position. And the last one I want to encourage you to engage in is to enjoy the silence. (laughs) Um, I know that sounds counterintuitive when you're all anxious and what have I done wrong and what do they want and what do I need to do and how do I fix this? But if you can just get to the place of naming it, just floating those ideas on the air, then refusing to engage by begging or pleading or apologizing for something you didn't do or make the first move, and you just simply go about your business. Oh, it's quiet. There are no expectations. There's nobody telling me what they want. There's nobody making demands. None of that is happening. I'm going to enjoy the silence and go about my business. And and that is very powerful. So many times online, people ask me, you know, what should I do? They're not speaking to me again. And I tell them, enjoy the silence. Oh, well, they'll never stand for that. Well, they can't make you talk. I mean, certainly they could get physical with you and have a good go at it. But if it's just simply on the verbal level, you don't have to engage and you can just enjoy the silence. It's all very passive aggressive what they're doing. You don't want to play that game. You know, I wrote a book called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game. It's on Amazon, Stop That's Crazy Making, it's called. If any of this is sounding familiar, just get that little book and read it. It's an ebook. You can just immediately download it. Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game. So after you've enjoyed the silence and the silence is broken, then the time comes to really set some boundaries. You know, if this kind of behavior is going to be be taking the place of an emotionally mature relationship, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to walk? Are you willing to say your non-negotiable boundaries? Well, I really hope you are because that's what makes the difference. When you take up space again and are willing to state non-negotiable boundaries. I know the silent treatment is horrible, horrible, horrible. It's nasty. It's terrible. And if it's been going on for a while, it can have you feeling quite desperate. I know that. But if you're wondering about the passive-aggressive business and you haven't been to my checklists, go over to relationshipchecklists.com. That's one of my sites. And there are four checklists there that have no charge at all to help you figure out what's going on. And one of them is the passive-aggressive checklist. 
and you do part one. And if your score is high, then it directs you to do part two. And you can learn a whole lot about passive aggressive behaviors at relationshipchecklists.com. Or if you don't want to remember that, you can just go to my website and then look in the navigation bar and you'll see the free checklists right there for relationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's been empowering. I hope you see that you have options when the silent treatment is abounding because if you use that time wisely, You'll be the only one doing it, and it'll give you an advantage. So until we talk again, be very good to yourself, because you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.